All right, everybody. Welcome, welcome to the fourth. That was a terrible fade out on that intro music by me. <laughs> the fourth episode here of the Empire Nexel podcast. We are. Uh, what's up? What's up, Josh? How's it going, man? I'm awesome, man. I went to Vegas and didn't die. I didn't get the Rona, nor did I get murdered. So um, nice. Well, I'm officially in the prime symptom window, and it hasn't happened yet. So. Hopefully so, I uh so death death by riot, the Rona or alcohol poisoning, which one is is still the most dangerous to get in Las Vegas? Las Vegas. Uh this weekend, none of the above, because it was uh pretty empty. Um I had never been there before, so this is my first time in town, but uh the fact that apparently it wasn't shoulder to shoulder pedestrian traffic, traffic on the streets wasn't bad, and like you don't have to wait like five hours to eat it anywhere or you know can't eat anywhere without a reservation um was atypical so that's what we had happen um and we made it back and uh no one died saw an aftermath of a riot didn't see a riot itself uh, a bunch of uh damage and destruction to the federal courthouse in the area um which they were in the middle of cleaning up when we walked past it but uh, yikes other than that yeah we're good i made it back uh Work almost decided they wanted me to quarantine like two days, you know, made me fill out some like, where did you go on your vacation? We may want you to quarantine. It's like, guys, I've already been back in the office two days. It's kind of pointless now. <laughs> yes. Yeah, welcome to I'm big corporate HR, right? Yeah. the uh, Shepherds. That drives me crazy, man. I, I, I don't know how Isn't that awesome where you, where you work for a small business? You don't have to mess around with that crap. Oh, yeah. I mean, we just, you know. Well, I at least, at least have my, my, my boss in my corner. Um, he's like, this is dumb. <laughs> they, didn't, but they, they sent me this form and, and like, you need to fill this out before you go the day after I left. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, I feel like um, we're, we're the two guys. Well, you, you don't watch movies, but but from Office Space where they're, where they're talking about. I have about actually the... seen Office Space, so yeah, I, I know I mean, what you're they're... talking about here. Yeah, I mean, like, I feel like I'm that, like, next-door neighbor that when you're talking about this stuff, it's like, like, I asked you if you got the Rona? I reckon someone would get their ass kicked if they said that at my job. <laughs> Forgot about that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, anyway, um, on that topic, we're going to discuss what the hell's going on around here. Um, kind of current events here and uh, what our, our thoughts are. Uh, you know, we're only recording this a couple of days before it'll go public, so... Assuming, you know, we're recording this on Friday night, the 12th. It goes live Tuesday, the 16th. So um, if something's changed from what we said, I'm not editing the episode after the fact. You're just going to deal with the fact that we recorded it three and a half days before it goes live. So, Right. <laughs> Anywho. Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, if we get visited by Martians between then, you know, between then and now, you know, or, then, or if uh, then we got egg on our face, I or guess. Or if in uh, the, the Chaz or Antifa stand, depending on your uh, perspective there in Seattle, gets busted up this weekend, um, we it, it hadn't at the time. So, <laughs> right. It did not. So, let's actually start with that. So, it, uh, some protesters, hippies, whatever you want to call them, uh, have declared a autonomous zone. They conquered a conquered. I say air air quotes here. Uh, a section of Seattle, downtown Seattle, in the Capitol Hill neighborhood. They've declared it the no cop autonomous zone. Uh, 
um, and plan to hold it until uh, I don't know when. But uh, indefinitely. Yeah, indefinitely. Until, it's, until it's, they it's get a, bored. Uh, I forget what they call it, but anyway, it's 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 hippy dippy bullshit that you know only because we're indulging them at this point is uh, it's, right. it's still in existence. So they, they started out day one. Um, this is my reading of the situation. Day one, well, yeah, we're going to have a hippie jam band festival, man. It's going to be great. We're like just going to come here and make art and free love and, and like live in harmony. It's going to be great. Day two, they had a warlord. Uh, a local <laughs> rapper slash suspected human trafficker, <laughs> alleged human trafficker, decided that him and his, his crew were to come in to be the new police. I mean, and he actually declared himself warlord. And uh, it's funny, uh, and started beating people up for not uh, not doing gang ta- or uh, tagging that wasn't approved by the group. Day three, they had a race a race war, and uh, they their attempt at gardening is hilarious. You know, and growing food is hilarious. <laughs> Jeez, have, you, have you seen any of the pictures of their attempts at no. uh, agriculture? No, so, I have not. In some green space in there, they've thrown down a bunch of what looks like potting soil on top of grass. Didn't bother to cut the grass bags. Threw it down and planted a okay, bunch so of like this herbs. is horticulture at best. Yeah, and 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 planted a bunch of like herbs and uh, lettuce. Which, by the way, the effort to plant said lettuce will result in a ninety-five percent calorie deficit. So you know you, they didn't even go for like root vegetables or, or squashes or anything like that which are, are actually calorie positive for the effort put into required to grow them um, yeah i mean the lettuce, lettuce is supposed and herbs. To be i mean lettuce that's gonna that's supposed to help you out with like your your carrots your radishes and your fried chicken or grilled chicken you know i mean this is this is something that, that it, it's the food supposed to hang out with not really like the food itself <laughs> Well, it's like a head of lettuce, believe it or not, is like 10 calories. Like the whole head is like 10 calories. It probably will cost you 100 calories of the energy to grow it, if it grows at all, in your potting soil on top of grass, and it doesn't immediately get absorbed by the mature grass underneath and just pokes to the surface and eats it, essentially. (laughs) Oh, and and, and by the way, there's, there's estimated like 500 people taking part of this. Their, their, their growth plot is like a 50 by 50 cir- you know, circle-ish, square-ish plot. And now they're begging the outside world for food. The funny part um, is they started, I, I they, they have well. a border fence. You know, they have a border fence. They check sure. IDs and started deporting people. <laughs> so much for a... Uh... Dang, orange <laughs> man good up in here. <laughs> <laughs> so whatever and quite frankly from a like a as someone I, I wouldn't identify as a republican but you know would more lean that way um let them fuck their own shit up this is a, an entirely deep blue city let them fucking be an example on this is why we don't placate you know or let children intellectual children dictate policy uh because this is the kind of shit that happens you know the no cops thing had a warlord in two days <laughs> Yeah, hey, as a, you know, I'm definitely not a Republican. As a libertarian um, leaning towards anarchists, I think it's hilarious. I mean, I, I absolutely love it. I, I, well, they tried to I, say it was going to be I like a, a anarcho-leftist, you know, utopia, and it, it, it went into a, uh, a authoritarian leftist 
hellhole in three days. Well, it, it, it didn't even it's take like, like there wasn't any some like great revolution or something like that or, or, or a period of peace. It, it, it took less than three days. I mean, Dorf, like you had mentioned, <laughs> I mean, it, it only exists because. Oh, because we're, like the the, the state of Washington and the city of Seattle are afraid to crack down on them because you know, unfortunately the, the they've lost the like local politicians have already lost the propaganda war on this. Like if they if they do anything but like placate to these guys, uh, they'll lose their next election because you know, you you beat up the hippies, man. That's that's bad, and and they'll get taken over by somebody else. So. The, the um, local politicians aren't going to do anything. So Orange Man might have to be bad and be like, all right, like federal troops are going to have to bust this shenanigan up. I'm, I'm not for – I'm very much against the militarization of police. But police don't have to be militarized to break up that shit show. Well, there is actually an armed contingent of, you know, I don't think they're officially with the John Brown Gun Club, but there is an armed contingent. Uh, inside but somebody there's a there's a, a reporter that somehow has snuck in and stayed undercover in there probably because he's from townhall.com his name's Julio Rosas uh, mostly because he's a, a little Hispanic looking dude um, sure <laughs> but he's he's a if you, you would call him a partisan Republican uh, but he just talks Spanish when he's around anybody because he's he's a, a, a fluent Spanish speaker and actually uh, I believe actually an active duty marine as well <laughs> is <laughs> um, like inside re recording and reporting on this stuff and and uh <laughs> they uh his his assessment of it is like they're they're th what they think is a effective siege defense is laughable and if we wanted to like three guys with a combat loadout could take this whole place down in about 15 minutes <laughs> i think he's i i think he's grossly overestimating their ability i mean I, I to to say three guys with a combat loadout i think i think me and three of the guys i go deer hunting with could well i mean there's there's actually some pretty decent firepower in there but it's it's all larpers who don't know what they're doing is what it is what he his assessment of it was so um i'm standing behind the statement <laughs> um well, it's like a six-block rate. So the, it's a six-block radius, and believe it or not, the folks in Portland, Oregon, are trying to do this this as well. Um, which Portland going to Portland? So, <laughs> but uh, it's just funny. It, it's I, I find it entirely funny, and the the why I you know this is going back to our previous podcast that we've done together. Why I've always said that like anarchism as a as a plan won't work is exactly playing out here the you leave yourself weak if you could abolish all government and start over sure you could you could you could do some sort of or any sort of organization you could sure. do you could establish an anarchist society or an anarchist collective or syndicate or whatever you want to call it but if you're not going to start over like that <laughs> you leave yourself open to be conquered by a warlord on day two you know, Dorf, I'm going to agree with you and disagree with you at the same time, because as somebody that has advocated for this type of thing in the past, that that's kind of my position is that I'm all for this sort of thing. I'm all for defunding the police, for instance. I'm all for a lot of things. But the idea that we could trust the Republicans or the Democrats to do it 
no, is hilarious. There's a there's a guy I know. You and I both follow him on Twitter. Uh, I think he technically has a, a distributor relationship or something with the Blaze, Eric July. Um, uh-huh. You're familiar yeah. with him, yeah. His I'm watching some of his stuff on this in this last week. He's like, I'm totally for defunding the police and you know, essentially privatizing it. But they want to just keep that same money and make the woke police. <laughs> you know, right, they don't right. want to get rid of police. They want to institute the woke police. And, uh, you know, it would be one thing if we could uh, disband the police or whatever and you get all that tax money back. But they, they ain't talking about that. So, you know, <laughs> my favorite thing with Eric is, uh, um, well, first off, didn't know he had a band until very recently. Awesome music. It's an NCAP metalcore band. Which Sweet. I don't know if, yeah, you need to look into that if if you're. Into I that do need to look into that. Yeah, if you're into that type of music at all, they actually put, published a song today. Um, good, it's it's really good, <laughs> but yeah, it an ANCAP rock band. Nice. You don't see that often. Um, no, you don't. And they uh well anyway he so he he was like you know well what about I think I was in one of those by the way yeah. for back yeah. in the day yeah. Yeah, I was in a band called The Pigs that you know had uh, had, had had similar ideas. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, well, and, and you and get, getting it back on topic here. Um, he's <laughs> like, you know, what about my roads and my police or whatever? He's like, well, don't threaten me with a good time, man, because like I'll uh, we'll defund that now, and uh, I'll be happy. <laughs> you know, you <laughs> thanks, <laughs> but you know they're still gonna take the taxes. You're still gonna take your tax money, and. Um, and they just want to make the woke police. They don't actually want to, you know, eliminate policing, you know, state policing in general. But <laughs> about 17 seconds after I had heard um, the cries to defund the police, 17, 18 seconds, something like that, I, I saw my first social media post about defund the police and give it to the public schools. And I just, I, I just instantly, I just, no! we spend like 25% of the, of the, the overall government spending is on education. I'm sorry. I'm done. Like, no, because I don't need any more of my money. One, you picked the one thing worse than the police. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And quite frankly, in, in this age of interconnectedness, hell, we're doing this podcast and we're probably about 200 miles apart roughly um not sitting in the same room uh but at the same time i've done this pot you know podcast with you previously when i've been on the road for work and i've been over a thousand miles away so yeah and in that age of connectivity uh and as we're seeing like kids can be you know i know that the ideal situation is not homeschooling for most people especially if both parents work um but we could totally uh revolutionarily redo the the primary education system here um the only thing the only reason where i'm i'm against that you know not going entirely like online school or, or homeschool is so much of what you learn growing up and, and the, the biggest value in my opinion of going to school in general not not necessarily public school but just being educated in a group with other people is how to interact with others and that socialization and your and your people skills your what you pick up and the the knowledge of stuff like that isn't terribly functional for most people to in order to navigate their their way through the world as an adult. We don't teach the functional shit, and that's wrong. And and you know, different show. But the idea that I I don't want to disband the current model of schooling entirely because the biggest value what you get is 
having to learning how to deal with people because as we can see with the zoomers who are coming out and who are, are, are children of the internet exclusively they have no people skills they're fucked like and the idea that we would do that on a mass scale um is not a great idea in my opinion so anyway schools don't need any more money they got plenty no. of fucking money produce some, you know once again and here's here's another thing back in the current events police reform so much of this has to do with power you know of public sector unions why can't why are bad cops allowed back in because you can't fire them <laughs> yeah you can't get rid of them. why was this the 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 guy who was uh had his knee on the neck of george floyd why was he still employed after how many excessive force complaints or, right. you know, at the point where Amy Klobuchar, the senator from Minnesota when she was still a federal prosecutor, didn't prosecute this same guy for an excessive use of force or police brutality charge. Because they can't fire him. They have to, like, in order to get fired from a police department with a, with a decently strong union, you have to be able to, you have to be able to throw them in behind bars. You have to, it has to reach the level of where you're going to incarcerate somebody in order sure. to be able to fire them. Like you look at the, the I, I'm going to get so much shit for this, I guarantee it. But the, the gal in Louisville with the no-knock raid that got shot and killed. Um, they no-knock raided the wrong house. Her boyfriend fired upon officers thinking they were being, breaking and entering. He was, right. killed, she was, they were, you know, I think they both perished in the incident, if I remember correctly. Um, those cops are still employed. And they killed an innocent bystander, not even the guy who was firing it, though. I, I can understand, like, you're right. fired at in the heat of the moment. You're going to fire back. I get that. That's, sure. You know, there that is a, understandable and explainable. But, like, they're still employed. They can't fire them. Yeah. Because, because the, the damn unions are too strong. Well, yeah, I mean, that's that's the case. Then that's the case against unions that no one has ever wanted to talk about for well, for years. Exactly, and, and, and quite frankly, I have a it's really why we got big... bad cops. It's why we got bad teachers. It's why we got bad auto workers. Yeah, it's, uh, why, the it's facility I work in on a daily day to day basis, the Blue Cross staff is is wrapped by the UAW. Trust me, man. I think about three people out of like the 50 people in my building that are union would actually have a job if they were, you know, if they, without union protections. Because they're that lazy or that shitty of workers. Three out of 50. Three. I, I would never mention a name when it comes to this, Dorf, but for, with, for somebody like me who has 25 years of construction experience... Every single former union guy that we have that I've tried to work with over the years has lasted not a week. Well, okay, so there's, I, I want to differentiate between public and private sector unions. Private sector, you do you. I think net at this point in society, labor unions are a net negative. They're a political. They're they're exclusively, almost exclusively, a political organization. Mm -hmm. Now, when they started in their in their rise, ultimately, very valid. It got the labor stand. You know, it, it it pushed forward the labor standards necessary to produce the society we have today. You know, you know, you like your weekend. You like standard vacation. You like all that stuff. 
uh, you know, safety standards, et cetera, et cetera. The unions were a large driving force behind that. And I'm willing to acknowledge that as a anti-union guy. But at this point, it's a, a cover charge to work at a place where it's a mandatory donation to a political party you don't necessarily vote for. Right. And that's, a, that's another – so I'm in Indiana. And it, I don't know that people know that here on this podcast, but I'm, I'm in Indiana. The union labor force, so the UAW is, is practically a political action committee of, of the Democrat Party and has been for many years. Decades. Dec- yeah, many, many decades. The membership of the local here, I swear to God, is 75% Republican. Which, which yeah. it's crazy, and it's just like you know, chatting with these guys. You know, I'm I'm friendly with a bunch of them, even though I'm technically management, <laughs> so Fair. I'm the enemy. I'm I'm still friendly with these guys. Um, they they absolutely hate everything that the UAW stands for, and it's crazy. They're like, but it's the cover charge to work at arguably one of the area's best employers. If you're sure. if you're in the the unskilled you know unskilled labor or skilled trades, you're not going to get a better compensation package than you will at one of the union employers in the county. You're not going to. It's just that's just the way the world. I mean, hell, these guys get in the doing the same roughly the same work in this facility. They get an average of thirty five dollars an hour to pack a fucking box, where the guys across the street make twelve with no benefits. Yeah. Like it just, they don't realize how good they have it. But anywho, God, we've gotten so off track here. But anyway, uh, we have yeah. the bring us back. Or yeah, I'm going to bring us back to, to where this means. You know what's going on now is, if you want to be able to reform police, you don't even necessarily need to do any sort of broad sleeping legislative agenda or defund police or anything like that. You just need to kneecap unions. And unfortunately, a a member of my family here is a member of the of public sector union. He's a he's a firefighter. Um, there. Unfortunately, you're going to get co- I mean, we're going to get cornered here into making a all public sector unions are bad or good statement. I honestly think, in general, actually, even union union membership for police officers is a good idea. Same thing for firefighters, EMS, etc. White collar unions within government, fuck off, go away. We don't need you. You you unnecessarily drive up rate costs and expenses without doing anything. Go away. Um, but if you want to reform policing, make it real easy. Just kneecap the fucking public sector unions, and and we're in a lot better place instantly, where you know, yeah. municipalities can get rid of bad actors. You know, if you want to reform education, you don't even need to send any more money. Kneecap the union. But that'll never happen because Democrats, you know, that would be a a big voting block that they'd be losing because you're betraying the union who helps pay for you to be there. And Republicans will, you know, the classic, you'll you'll be anti-education where just like any time they, you know, somebody right of center talks about health care or something like that. It's like you always want to kill grandma. You know, it's it's the stereotypes there. It's ingrained. You're never you're not going to be able to escape it with, you know, the the vast majority of people. So that's the reason we're stuck where we are. I mean, you could do that. I mean, George Floyd was murdered. 
that was even if he had underlying health conditions you don't put you know or he had a drugs in his system or whatever you don't put your knee on his back to you know after he's restrained you know even if he was resisting arrest nine minutes or eight forty six eight minutes and forty six seconds I could see it for a minute and a half but like why are we still doing it at eight forty you know why are we doing it that long the guy's subdued he he's obviously not a threat anymore. What are we doing? You're not Judge Jared Light here. You don't get to be Judge, Jury, and Executioner. You're not Judge Jared Light. Where you don't get to kill people. You know, you, you don't have the carte blanche to kill people. Judge Jared Light? Hell, that was Judge Dread Ultra. Right? Well, in, I mean, in reality, it turned Dredd. out to be Judge Dread Ultra. I mean, he didn't gore Judge the Dredd guy. Judge Dread Premier, but... maybe I could say. <laughs> yeah. um, but, Judge Dread I mean, yeah, yeah, sure, that'll work. Judge Red Ice, do they still sell that stuff? Um, but, yeah, and with, with that, you're talking about, you know, at least Judge Dredd told you what you were guilty of <laughs> before he busted that cap. And, you know, I, that that's that's the problem I have with it all. And, and here's the thing. The death of George Floyd's a tragedy. Derek uh, Chauvin, I believe is how you pronounce it, he is going. He's going to go to jail for the rest of his life, as he should. The three guy, the three other guys around. I'm sorry. Trying to get them as accomplices. I don't think that'll stick. I doubt they'll ever work in law enforcement again. But those guys, I doubt, will spend a day in jail. And yeah. And even if they do, are found guilty at, at the local level, they'll win on appeal and they'll never spend a day in jail. The idea that that's okay like nobody thinks that's okay the and the other idea that just cops shoot black people you know indiscriminately willy-nilly is just isn't true you look at the data last year there was nine officer involved shootings that ended up in the death of the suspect of unarmed black men like four of them was were involved where the 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 suspect was trying to hit somebody the public or the officer with a car like several others were um mis- you know mistakes where the officer is going to go to jail for it you know the trial isn't concluded because it's too recent you know if there's any sort of you know extreme felony charge the the trial process is extended and it hasn't been adjudicated yet and then there's like two others where it was, you know, extenuating circumstances. It was a justified shooting. Like the idea that just people go around getting capped all the time is just, is, it's just not backed up by data. That may have been the case 50, 60, you know, 30, 40, 50, 60 years ago. It sure ain't today. And, but, you know, and, and that's not the only gripe I, I will admit of, of the Black Lives Matter movement. So that's another thing we need to just differentiate between. There's the Black Lives Matter movement, and then there's BLM Incorporated. BLM Incorporated is a political action committee that's ethno-Marxism. <laughs> sure. The BLM movement, which you're seeing very much be at the front now, and the BLM Incorporated, which it's not a technically incorpor- incor- a corporation, but I'll refer to them as that. Those are two separate things, despite their shared name. My criticisms of BLM Incorporated are, are primarily the criticisms of BLM Incorporated. 
the criticism i have much less criticism for blm the movement the two very very different things the they 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 have some crossover but they're very very different um so what's it all what what what, let's 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 wrap it back adorb what's what what the hell's really going on here um There has been a loosely affiliated underground anarcho, it's not even anarcho-communist, but let's just call it communist underground that has finally got the balls to come forward and try and enact a a Maoist-style revolution in the United States, and they're using Black Lives Matter as human shields. Interesting, yeah. Because they're, they're ducking inside taking advantage of the concept of allyship where they can duck in and out, try and bring about the, the, the communist uprising uh, and, and using minority protesters as human shields. Uh, quite frankly, plenty of the, the, the let's call it the mass protest movement of BLM, plenty of valid criticisms, absolutely plenty of valid criticisms. Uh, BLM corporate is, Marxism with a racist a race component. I, I they're uh, that's a not a great organization. And then we haven't even gotten to the fundraising for that. You see any of the the fundraising? You know the the you donate to BLM. Well, guess where that goes? Act Blue. It's a political action committee, essentially run by the Democrat Party. So you you by donating to Black Lives Matter, congratulations! You've donated to the committee to elect Joe Biden. Congrats! You've been fooled again. Yes. The guy that wrote the crime bill. The guy that wrote the yeah. Patriot Act. Yeah. Oh, that, you know, heaven forbid somebody is a free thinker. If you don't vote for him, you ain't black. That's not even like an extrapolation. Yeah, that's he a quote. He fucking said that. Yeah, and it's not like 30 years ago. It was like three weeks ago. Yeah. And it's not like it was an out-of-context thing. It's It's literally a verbatim, in-context quote. If you're black and don't vote for him, you like lose your black card. Yeah. Um. I mean, Dorf. Is there? I mean, I. I guess. I guess I already know the answer to this question, because so many people have made it clear. But are there really people out there who genuinely think that Donald Trump is so evil and fascist and racist, and the only way we can fix this is by electing Joe Biden? Uh, I mean, I mean you've already really seen the, the think that? pieces or from. Are they just so entrenched in the duopoly? It ain't Joe Biden. You know, it, it's, I mean, it's 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 it the duopoly. Hard. It's the you know the people that we're talking about aren't necessarily like enamored with Joe Biden. It's anybody but Trump. Joe Biden's a placeholder. You have, I mean, leftist media or you know the the blogosphere or the the commentary, you know, mainstream leftist commentary. It came out months ago and fully admitted, Joe, we just need you to survive till inauguration day. That's all we need from you. Sure. And then you can be in office five days and then step down and we'll take it from here. That's all they want from him. He's a, you know, every politician that gets to that level of elected office is a puppet to, to some extent or form. But it's the ultimate puppet. He fully admits that, like, he doesn't think he's going to make it through his first term. Yeah. You're not willing to vote for that guy? 
I, I can't. I, I know you and I. You and I won't. I. You voted. Did you vote for Gary Johnson last time? Did you actually did. do that? Okay. Probably. And Probably I didn't. Again. I I left the the top of the the ticket blank. I didn't vote for president or vice president because I thought it was just stupid. Uh, I, I I felt that I didn't have any good choices, so I didn't pull. You know, I voted for everything else. I I don't blame you. No, Dorf. Honestly, um, you know, people view some of these things. Oh, you're you. Oh, you're friends. You you do protest votes. You do. Um, I'm proudly going to vote for Joe Jorgensen this time around, libertarian candidate. But I was on a libertarian forum just the other day when people are saying, um, well, who do we like better, Joe Jorgensen? You know, who would we rather have president, Joe Jorgensen or Gary Johnson? And, of course, everyone's saying Jorgensen because she's, that, the, she's the current she's nominee. The nominee. And I said, okay, what, am I supposed to answer this question honestly? No, the, it's actually – it's um. It's Gary Johnson, actually. Um, you know, if I'm if I'm being real, um, I like them both. I will vote for Joe Jorgensen, and my only my vote only counts as one, and I will give my one vote to her, like I did to Gary Johnson. But quite honestly, neither one of them are the great libertarian thinker that I would love to have. I was a Jacob Hornberger supporter um, going into it. A lot of people don't care about this because. Hey, this that's is all right. Do it. Fringe, you Talk know, it that this, is, this is fringe nonsense to a whole lot of people. And, um, but yeah, I mean, I, I, I do support the party. Um, you know, this is my last vestige of statism, if you will. This is my last vestige of trying to support the system. People say, oh, you're, you're outside the system. You're trying to, you're being fringe. You're just a protest vote. No, it's not. It's not a protest vote. The protest is I wouldn't vote for Donald Trump or Joe Biden if they filled the voting booth with Heineken and there were strippers drowning in it. I mean, there is no way I, I would cast a vote for one of those two people. There's not for anything. Nothing. I mean, gun to my head. Oh, gun to your head, Josh. Biden or Trump, I'm coming, Harambe. I, I don't know. I mean, I you know. By the way, like the five year anniversary of Harambe's death was like the last week. Oh, and I missed it again. Rest, rest in peace, our homie Harambe. Yeah. Dicks out. Um, I ain't willing to go that far. <laughs> no, no, not, yeah, not, not anymore. But yeah, no. God, God rest your your precious soul, Harambe. Um. God, the fact that that's still a gorilla being killed in the zoo because a, a toddler fell into his cage is still a meme five years later with the average shelf life of memes being like three days. The fact that Harambe is still a cultural symbol is just crazy to me. Yeah, he obviously had information on Hillary Clinton. <laughs> I have information that will lead to the arrest of Hillary Clinton. <laughs> The deep no, state I mean, threw that toddler in there so they'd have to off him. <laughs> you know it. You know it. <laughs> um, listen, there you know what? There there are there are some there are some actual decent candidates running, you know. The uh the Libertarian Party has provided some things that are decent. And no, I don't think that when I I don't think Joe Jorgensen's gonna be the next president. But there are reasons to vote outside of the duopoly. Some of those reasons being if they can get to 5%, if they get federal funding, they're going to be in future debates. 
there you know there's there are other reasons to do it and the time is now i i'm so sick of people saying oh i would love to vote third party but this election is just too important said every normie from <laughs> you know 1789 yeah somebody who's who's totally focused on just the battle but not the war right and uh you know but truth be told dorf the vast majority of this of the people in this country i want to say a low estimate 65 to 75 percent of the people in this country although they like to pretend like they are free thinkers the vast majority of people are going to vote for the guy with the R or the guy with the D next to their name every single time. That's gonna that's the way they voted when they were eighteen. That's gonna be the way they vote when they're sixty-eight. And that's that's the truth. You know, that that is it. I mean, sometimes with those um those people you have a switch at age thirty-five or something. But well, it's usually once you have a family switch... and realize that you want to retire someday is when you switch sure. from Democrat to Republican. Sure. A lot of people do. But it's um if you're gonna switch no that's what that's what kicks it off. Yeah, there, there's no real truth to it. You know, there there's it's it's silly. It's funny. You know, it's you don't really care what they think. There are so many people in this world that if Joe Biden came out tomorrow and said, you know what, we found out the true thing that's killing black people in America is abortion. And the Democrats are now anti abortion. You know, we are now anti abortion. And because we need to defund the police, we need to get behind the Second Amendment and people out there really should arm themselves. Nothing would change. <laughs> Nothing would change. All those people who are gonna vote Democrat would still vote Democrat. They don't care. It's it's no big deal. And if there's and if there's some give and take and some switch, it'll just filter back and forth between the two parties, and that'll be that. Nobody cares. It's nonsense. It's nonsense. The people who vote for the D vote for the D. The people who vote for the R they vote for the R. It's cultural. It's it's, it's familial. Sports, it's team sports. It is. It absolutely is. That's all there is to it. You're you're part of a team. And you're part of a tribe. Um, why is it right? Because my tribe said it was right. Why is it wrong? Because the other tribe said said it. You know that that's that's the truth. That's the truth, man. So, so what's up, man? We're all gonna die of coronavirus. What's what's gonna kill us? Is it uh, is it gonna be the coronavirus? Is it gonna be the murder hornets? The race wars? The um, um, they're talking UFOs a lot now. All of a sudden, they're popping up. The race wars. Yeah, NASA, we're all smart aliens and UFOs. They're everywhere. The potential for a race war is over. Um, stuff's calmed down in the last week. Uh, you know, now it's just the the folks that have nothing, not to say nothing better to do than protest, but the normies have gone home because their, their opportunity to take a selfie is, look, I'm, I'm part of the civil rights movement of my era. It's mm-hmm. over. So normies have gone home, um, and you're not going to see a boogaloo kick off here uh, anytime soon. What you're going to still see is pockets of chazzing. Let's call it. Uh, you're going to see that until now. Between now and the next inauguration, especially if uh, Trump wins again, 
uh, you'll see that kind of stuff until it's winter again here in North America because um, LARPing is cool. Uh, the If push comes to shove and the establishment is actually threatened by all this communist LARPing, uh, they will not, not hesitate to roll tanks and kill everybody um, because state going to state as state should. Proud status here. We've done that episode. Go back to st- episode two. Um, I, I think that is a. a I think that is a legitimate authority of the state to put down insurrections. So we've done that episode though. So go back to episode yeah, two yeah. if you want to hear our thoughts on that. If it ever advances past the cute stage, um, it will be put down as the insurrection that it will then be turning into. Um. Normies probably will continue will grow disgusted of looting and, and childish behavior. Uh, that's what you could, you know, describe the Chaz movement is. It's it's intellectual children decided they want to have a day camp in middle in the middle of Seattle. Um, the that will be it will fizzle out and take care of itself or will be dealt with here soon. Um Big Daddy government will come give them a spanking. God, that sounds so terrible. <laughs> but uh, that's what's going on there. The attempted Maoist revolution is being maintained by mainstream media because it gets my clicks in my eyeballs. Uh, whereas it's effectively on the streets, which is where it would be necessary to actually be successful. It's over. Um not that it won't ever pop back up again, but uh, the, any idea that there may be a communist insurrection, it's over. Um, you lost the normies very quickly after it started. Your, your chance to swing hearts and minds, uh, you blew it. Um, BLM will continue to be, just like it was in the 2016 election, will be a frontline activist group that will get plenty of representation in media and politics until election day and then we'll be forgot again about for four years because uh as, as you know machiavellian as this sounds uh the political establishment only cares about black issues in election years um because 90 percent of their vote uh doesn't change 90 percent of the the, the african-american voting block doesn't change no matter what happens so they have no reason Republicans have no reason to do anything for you because you're not going to vote for them anyway. And Democrats have no reason to do anything for you because you're going to vote for them anyway. So one of my favorite stats ever, Dorf, and I could be off by a numeral or two, but when Barack Obama was elected, um, the stat going around was that I believe Barack Obama got 95% of the African-American vote. In this first time, I think that's in, in 2008, that's, I think that's accurate. Yeah, I mean, and that's, whoa, that's, oh my God, 95%. But know what? When George W. Bush beat John Kerry, John Kerry got 92%. Yeah. Well, so, if I mean, you look at percentages, sure, but like totally. Were they rallying behind the first black man to, to create, to to take that office. I mean, that's a good story. It sounds good. It, that's nice. Well, you know, that, that's, that's nice to voter participation degree, percentages. True? Josh, though, you got to think about it this way. Look I know the real numbers. I, I get it. It's, I get it. 
92% of those who voted, just there was more people who voted in uh, more African-Americans that voted, I believe, in the election of Barack Obama than John Kerry. Dorf, I get that he brought voter turnout, that, that he brought voters yeah. out. I, I understand that, but that's a separate issue. That if, if those, you know, if if you go by the numbers, and I don't, I don't, I'm not somebody that goes by the numbers, but if you are, then you could easily say that, well, looks like, you know, African-Americans typically vote um, Democrat, you know, 92%. They have since the 60s. So, right. But, I mean, that's, it's, unfortunately, it, it you know, as Machiavellian as this sounds, that the left is only paying lip service because they need him to show up this year. That's their only potential path to victory is huge minority voter turnout. So orange man racist is about their only play. Uh, and, and at the same time, guilting their white voter base into orange man racist. Therefore you should come vote for, I don't know. What's, what's, what's a cynical nickname for uh, Joe Biden? Grandpa Gaffs. Like I don't. Know. I mean, there's the Sleepy Joe. If you wanna. Uh, I don't want to. I don't want to use. I don't want to use. That's that's Trump's name for him. What what can we oh, call okay. Joe Biden? You're using the Orange Man Bad thing, so I didn't know if you wanted to. Well, Orange Man Bad is and... Orange Man Mad started as a meme, so I I want right. a meme name for, for Joe Biden. Grandpa Gaffs. Let's go with that. Grandpa Gaffs. Um, that's that's you know that's the way that's the that's a Machiavellian path to victory. Um, is, you know, orange man racist, therefore vote for Grandpa Gaffs. Despite Grandpa Gaffs being a terrible candidate. You know, I, it, this is, it's a hard bar to clear. But is Joe Biden a worse candidate than Hillary Clinton? Yes. God, that's, yeah. that is a high bar to clear. No, I mean, it, he is. And the thing is, Dorf is that 2016 Joe Biden wasn't a worse candidate than Hillary Clinton. If if they wanted President Joe Biden, 2016 was 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 the chance. You know that that was legitimately. Well, this is what like the fifth or sixth time Joe Biden's run for president. Oh yeah, yeah. He's been trying since the 80s. Yeah. Um, and uh, what? I want to say that um, before this year, he had never. Um, I, uh, what 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 was the stat? That he was never won a primary. Uh, yeah, yeah, he had um, never never won a primary. never. I was never done better than third place in a primary. I mean, can you imagine that? He's a corporate leftist senator from Massachusetts. There's not much upside there. Delaware, Delaware, whatever, Northeast. You know what I meant. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. New England area. Yeah. Um, you know, you know, Dorf, I've never been a Donald Trump fan. I'm still not a Donald Trump fan. I didn't vote for Donald Trump. I'm not going to vote for Donald Trump. But as somebody who really dislikes Donald Trump, I've never quite understood the whole he's racist thing I, I've never hey, really understood Josh it. here's I, here's all you have to do to understand you have an R next to your name you're racist R stands yeah, for racist no. not Republican no and I and I get that but 
I I get that that's the media narrative. It's not even I the media narrative. It's the major. I just party don't get why people fall for it. I don't get why people fall for because it because the average person is not politically engaged enough. You realize I I, for, I would have to pull up the research and the stats on this, but the amount of people that vote Democrat because it means they think they're in favor of democracy and Republicans aren't is a really freaky high number. That there's polling on there's polling data on that and it's creepy, like how many people. It's not a large percentage, but the amount of raw people that vote for Democrats because they think it's pro-democracy. That level of analysis goes into deciding who they vote for. I mean, you're talking about... I mean, when you're talking about polling and talking about this stuff, I mean, you know, you realize that a majority of people on college, college campuses oppose women's suffrage because, you know, women, women should never have to suffer. Have to suffer. Yeah. Yeah, we we wouldn't want women to have to suffrage. That sounds terrible. Hey, there's a there's a podcast that I listen to. It's a it's a male and a female co-host. The female is pro repealing of the Nineteenth Amendment. She's convinced everything in the country has gone wrong since women got the right to vote, and they should lose it as a result. Believe it or not, I won't say which one because I wouldn't want to. I wouldn't want to be smirched them on a podcast. But one of my ex wives had that opinion. <laughs> Why the hell did you I know, it doesn't narrow it down. Yeah. <laughs> yes, Josh is a multi-time divorcee. Yeah, no, one of my ex-wives had that opinion. Yeah. She, is, she wants to repeal the 19th. And the yeah, funny that's... part is using, so Sarah McLaughlin, who I'm, I'm sure you're familiar with, is, you know, actor, singer, whatever, yes. now mostly political activist. Uh, they using yeah the, she, she does those commercials that like to ruin the your AS, day the ASPCA commercials yeah yeah uh, about the dead dogs and shit if you don't give us money we're gonna kill puppies commercials yeah yeah the uh, anyway they they using that uh, cameo are you familiar with cameo yeah oh yeah so cameo. one of their fans paid Sarah McLaughlin to unknowingly endorse her uh, trying to repeal the nineteenth amendment. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, I, I I wonder if we have any crossover and in, in listeners here, but uh, <laughs> perhaps I hope so. The, the the those who listen to us and them will uh, know who I'm talking about here. So, um, <laughs> but uh, hey, that's another go show. Go that's go another go. that's another show we should do. You know, should uh, the franchise require? You know, if if you know. The, the ethics and, and policy surrounding the military draft. You know, it's not an issue that's a front burner at all because there hasn't been a draft since Vietnam. Um, so if you're younger than 60, you know, in your mid-60s, you've never been subject to There's a draft. There's been an active draft. There has not been draft. an active draft. Well, it's still around. It's just it hasn't been. No one has been drafted since Vietnam. Um, right. So the the reason it's not front burner, but, you know, I, I can I can give credence to the anti nineteenth people that women got the right to vote but they didn't have to potentially go die for it. And I uh I understand that that is some of the original ideas and thoughts surrounding the franchise is that was part of the exchange that we give you a an option to participate here, but in exchange for that we at potentially ask for your life and service. Um, you know, military service and potentially die for 
die for the country in exchange for having a a vote. Um, I, I get that. Um, I'd rather see the draft go away entirely. Um, because you know, Dorf, this was the basic idea behind. Um, this is something that's so shunned and so talked negatively about now. But the idea behind, um, you have to be a landowner to vote. Well, I mean, that was at the time any sort of. I mean, there wasn't really the entire federal government at the time was funded by tariffs, essentially. Right. Um, Even quite frankly, if 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 it 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 would be a decent you know tax and voting scheme if like you don't get to vote on a la carte issues if you're not a stakeholder in that, so you can't get to vote on raising property taxes if you don't own property. Or you don't get to vote on schools if you don't have a kid in school, or you don't have to pay for it if you don't have a kid in school either, or something like that. Um, which the, the, the funding levels would never work out if we we decided to do that, but uh, or we wouldn't be able to fund things at current levels if we if we got to all if we had to all a cart vote on stuff. But it, it um, could work. But it could work. You know. But it's it's the idea that you know two wolves and a sheep voting on what's for dinner. Right. The, if if. I don't own properties currently. I don't own land. So I am, t- you know, I have the incentive to say, fuck them. I don't pay this tax. Raise it. It exactly. doesn't affect it's, me. It's I'll, I'll, get to reap the, I'll get to reap the benefits of this tax increase, potential benefits of this tax increase, and I don't have to pay for it. It's great. It, it's a matter of having a vested interest in the um in the decision making process well that here's another thing i bet you so many more people would be pro small government if they actually paid tax you know effect had an effective tax rate above like a penny right yeah because if you know what your taxes if you're you don't affect it in, in the average state in this union you don't pay and if you don't have a positive effective tax rate this is even before you get into like percentages of service used you don't have a positive tax rate until you make like fifty thousand dollars a year, right? And and quite frankly, do we want to take away the franchise from people who don't make fifty thousand dollars a year? I think that's that's a that's a hill too far, or a bridge too far. But hey, there is consequences to being having you know not necessarily free riders, but people who don't you know be able to vote on how to spend other people's money. That's a, that's know, a terrible consequence, and, which is also part of the reason we've got to where we are with so much government bloat. You look at just the the income curve, or the yeah. and, and the tax burden curve. You know the idea that the one percent is this big evil monster. You know a person that belongs in the one percent pays the you know the the very crisp, the very edge, the beginning edge of the one percent pays the tax burden of the average of like them and like twelve other people. Yeah. Like uh, the the idea that you know I'm not saying we exclusively cater to the needs of the one percent, but for the love of God, they're paying your burden in twelve, you know, eleven themselves, yours, and eleven other people. I'm not saying they get an extra vote or a bonus vote or something, but like the idea that they're evil and we shouldn't, you know, pay attention at all to their concerns. Like, come on, dude, really? No, I mean, and this was this was an easy decision back in the day when um, amendments were passed saying everyone could vote, one person would vote. But, but nowadays, truth be told, we vote on too much crap. We really? we shouldn't be voting. We shouldn't be voting on so many things. That's why we have elected representatives. 
We're supposed to be able to vote for good people who then go there and control the government. You know, that, that, that's the basic idea. But the idea of the initiatives and the referendums, they're, quite frankly, they're terrible. They're terrible. You're you're asking because in essence, essentially politicians use this to make it so they aren't responsible for bad legislation. Or or well, the the referendum system is you know also a way to get unpopular things on the you know things unpopular with the political class on on the books is law. Right, but but that's a myth that the politicians don't want them. They just they want them. They just don't want to be responsible for them. So then, when they fail through their own policies, they can say, "Well, that wasn't our failure. The people voted for that." Yeah. So you know what, Dorf? I'm gonna. I I'm feeling we're kind of working on wrapping up here. I don't have a ton more to say. But I don't really I wanna... either. It's just like I would. To summarize what's going on in the world today, it's the, the the mainstream political events, you know, this is this is outside of the Rona. There has been a underground communist movement ever since like communism made it to the West. Is it just an academic idea? This is the first time in larger groups that they've stuck their head above ground. And the and yeah. the reason that they haven't been put down as the insurrectionists that they're trying to be is because they're not a threat. At this point, it's okay, you know, pat the kid on the head. You're cute. Just go run along and play. It's because they're no threat to the greater, the greater established order, despite their, their, their wishing to be. And like I said earlier, it's 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 the large part Maoist LARPers who think it's cute are using Black Lives Matter, the greater movement, not Black Lives Matter Incorporated, as human shields in an attempt to get one over on the man. Which is unfortunately for Normie America is is destroying the very the message and the very valid criticisms some of the very valid criticisms of the black lives matter movement i think some of them are are just not based in reality but the idea that you, that the the movement is entirely without merit i i you know we, we can do that show you know we could we could go through published tenants line by line and, and yeah sure okay or well, well that's just hooey but <sighs> That's what's the root of what you're seeing going on in current events today. Corona lockdowns continue because people are cowards to admit they were wrong at the beginning. Outside Absolutely. of like three metropolitan hospital systems, our hospital system has never been over overwhelmed. People are dying across the country. There's 2.7 million people that die in the United States every year. That number is going to be bigger this year, but it isn't an oh my God we're all going to, you know, death of the world, collapse of civilization. We're all going to die levels, which which is the way we acted. Fuck no. It never was going, even if we left it alone, it never was going to be. 
life will get back to normal whether the politicians are ready for that or, you know the political class is ready for that or not it life can restart as we've seen in in, in my state here and in, in las vegas where i was last week and in florida and texas you don't have to come out of hiding you're more than welcome to continue to hide you know the the government class is is giving you access to expanded unemployment benefits where you can probably make it work for several more months if you want to hide in, in your basement to avoid you know the boogeyman that is corona from getting you if you're a perfectly healthy person the people that seem to be most concerned about it are the young and healthy ones the ones that you're more likely to die of a lightning strike this year than die from corona the ones that don't give a fuck and are ready to get back to normal are the boomers the ones that are most likely to be killed by it they don't care they're done it's over that's not a, a, that's a blanket statement obviously and i'm sure there's examples in the opposite direction well, no, but, it's, but like it's the, a the older statement. generation it's a correct it's a correct one yeah the older generation they're they're fucking done with this they were done with it two months ago you know the original bargain was like a two or three week deal we're now at what month four yeah not that I ever, you know, not that my life terribly changed much outside of my out of work social life. I never stopped right. working. I'm in a, I work in a, a critical industry that, uh, from hell or high water will run because its main customer is, is the military industrial complex. So it will run. Dorf, can I throw out, uh, I don't have much more to say other than this, but can I throw out, I guess it's a theory. Um, I guess it's maybe a fringe theory, perhaps, but um, I, I'm not saying that there wasn't a coronavirus. I'm not saying that there isn't a problem with um, race riots or looting. I'm not even saying that there wasn't murder hornets. Um, murder hornets, it, it, it's not a threat. Murder hornets a boss. It was a filler episode on the 2020 um, you know, TV <laughs> Uh, oh, shit. What else can we? We've got to fill thirty seconds here on this newscast. What can we talk right. about? Well, yeah, I, I'm not about saying any of this about stuff. Hornets. I, oh, I'm, I'm that, not that saying sounds cynical. Stuff listen, listen, Dorf. I think um, I think something seriously changed in this nation in March. Really? And even I believe that that perhaps the republic even fell. <laughs> in March and that we're already dealing with that right now. I think something, I think it all ended. Really? Whether it was somebody calling in the, somebody um, calling in the deaths, somebody um, taking control, military generals, the United Nations, NATO, um, whether it was our own political system, Realizing the collapse um, under Donald Trump, I think this thing fell apart in March, and our political system is using smoke and mirrors to uh, try to keep it afloat, even if it's just for another 30 days. But I know that's a fringe theory. I, I know that, um, and I know that if it's proves to be nothing to it whatsoever and we just go absolutely positively back to normal in six months then there is egg on my face Josh I and don't think I, you're that far off I think this would be a very accurate mid-April reading of what's going on 
I think that that might have been the case then, but the established order is, as it does, finds a way to continue itself and has done so over the last several months. It rebounded. It was very weak and vulnerable in mid to late April, where I where your assessment of things here may have been accurate. Uh, I think it's it's recovered from that vulnerability, and it's going to continue on plotting on the way it has the last couple centuries um, and will continue to until some dynamic shift change happens um, which I mean this this ain't it, it was, it's going to take more than that but probably the next world war uh, would be the next event that could overcome that perhaps Dorf I, I, I tend to think maybe we're there um, I think we like to look at um, Donald Trump and Nancy Pelosi as enemies Quite frankly, I, I think they're playing parts in, in theater. I, I think they are um, – I, I don't think they're enemies at all. I think they're um, a counterbalance to each other in the theater that is our political system right now. I don't think Donald Trump's calling the shots anymore. I don't think Nancy Pelosi's calling the shots anymore. I think um, I think something really fell apart here. And – if I think my theory continues to look better and better if another huge crisis pops up after these riots, after this looting, and yes, I will be willing to include wave two of the Rona if that does become it's a not, big deal. It's not going to become a big deal. If it's not, it's not. If it's not, it's not. Um you know, and I'll stand corrected. And I'll be well, more than which, happy. What people are mistaking from. of is wave two. If this isn't wave two that we're in now, the more and more we learn, this might be wave two. Wave two will be less of a concern because this sounds so cruel, but like the weak have been called from the herd. Sure. The you know the the people susceptible to viruses have been. Largely, you know, the most effective way. Dorf, I know that makes sense. Viruses, but I know hang on, hang on. Let me finish explaining. Okay, okay, no, 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 Okay, go Viruses, ahead. the longer they're out in the open air, the weaker they get. Um, with the exception, especially respiratory infections, that kill people slowly. That's what, just if we're matching trend to trend, pattern to pattern, that's the way it's always worked. Um, sure. because if viruses get more deadly, they kill people off before they can spread them. So most of the reason you don't see everybody die from Ebola or smallpox, well, smallpox has been eradicated through vaccination, essentially. Uh, the reason you don't see people, there's mass Ebola death spreading to the West and escaping Africa, uh, even though there is a, a mild Ebola outbreak going on in Africa currently, is it kills people too quickly. It doesn't jump oceans and spread rapidly and and get, you know, with large incubation periods, it, it just doesn't happen. Sure. Thank God, because we'd all be dead from a bull if it didn't. The respiratory viruses of this nature, I'm not a virologist, I'm not, you know, I'm not a scientist in this field, but just looking at data, matching trends, there will if this isn't round two already there will be another round there's there's a chance that there's this is probably will become endemic will this be another type of a seasonal flu 
It'll be the seasonal coup for the seasonal Rona, or whatever you want to call it, that will continue to exist and probably knock off in the United States twenty or thirty thousand people annually. For the for the until the end of time, or until there's an effective vaccination, which my I have my doubts about fast track vaccines this first round. Um, whether or not they will be an effective just. You know, they may affect, help people from getting it, but will they be an absolute kill switch where you can eradicate it from an entire population? Probably not. Not this round. They may be able to find one, but the first one that's coming out here is essentially a battlefield patch, and it's not going to work. You know, it'll work. It'll help, but it's not going to just wipe it out. Um, so it'll come back. People will cough. And people will get sick. People will die, just like they do every year. But as we've seen, the ultimate disruption of civilization for what it's cost us, we're not willing to do that. There, there is not the political will and will of the citizenry to do that again, especially because there is examples such as Sweden. They didn't lock down at all. They closed like movie theaters, and that was about the only modification they made outside of. Uh, highly re- highly requested masking and please work from home if you can. That's all they really did. And guess what? It's over. And you look at the data coming out of the virology data coming out of Italy. They were, you know, everyone you always said at the beginning, oh, they're just two weeks ahead of us. We're about to get crushed like Italy. Two weeks ahead of us. The virus is over there. You look at it, the, the people coming in with infection rates, you look at the data on it. The viral load that people were under, the amount of virus present in people's bodies at the beginning where they were just mass death compared to what people are coming in with now, they're not even close. It's, it's you know, on the verge of death versus mild inconvenience. That's that's the level of infection that's coming into hospitals or in the medical system now. Will this can be, continue to be a minor convenience for the rest of our lives? Probably. Is there a chance that in your 70s when you're old and infirm or 70s and 80s that you'll die from this? Probably. But will we get to the point where we need to shut down 20% of the economy so we don't kill grandma? Even if that is the case, it's it's never there's never going to be the political will to do it. Probably ever again. Even if there is a bullet here, I doubt you get people to do it. Maybe. I don't know, Dorp. I don't know. I don't think there was ever the will to do it. I think we were forced to do it, but... Well, We'll see, I man. Think hey, we'll see. I think the normies, Josh, I think you and I, the exception here, I, I would have called myself a normie on this. I was willing to, well, two or three weeks, that's the bargain. I understand. We can make that work. I, I, I don't like it, but we can make two or three, a two or three week disruption work. Well, it's it'll be a tough pill to swallow, but if that's what we got to do, that's what we got to do. There's too many unknowns here. I'll get, I get that. The never-ending lockdown where, oh my god, we might have to lock down again this fall and this winter because, oh my god, we're all going to die again? I I don't think we'll ever, in, in my lifetime, I don't think whether it's right, wrong, or otherwise, you'll ever see that be able to happen again. You know, the uh, the CDC may demand it from on high, but, you know, the general public is going to be like, fuck you, dude. We don't trust you anymore. You blew it. I hope so. I hope you're right. Yeah, and, and unfortunately, you know, this is a, this is a the the wrong virus to blow our load on. Let's put it that way, if if that makes sense. If you're yeah. ever gonna trust the the mainstream medical establishment to 
advise policy where, oh my God, we need to pull the kill switch and, and shoot ourselves in the foot here to save the rest of our body. Boy, did they blow the one round in their gun on this. Yeah. Yikes. But uh, anyway. Yeah, no. Hey, yeah, let's do yeah, final thoughts, Torp. I'm I'm good. I this is I think this is uh you know, it's it's laid some stuff out. We both we both made some predictions here. We'll see what happens in the so upcoming weeks, upcoming months. What's going on to summarize? The the larger underlying thing is an attempted Maoist style insurrection in the United States. Using other protesters as shields. This pro the, the Maoist or the communist problem will not go away. It hasn't gone away, despite the Cold War being over. It's probably in a stronger position than it's ever been since like the nineteen fifties. I am totally against making, you know, you know, that it's still technically illegal in the state of California to hold government office if you're a communist, believe it or not. I'm against like broad sweeping, like the banning of the communist ideology, because you know it's it's just like don't touch that hot stove, toddler of mine. They'll just want to do it more, just to you know figure out what why you don't want them to do it. But the idea that there won't be a further attempted communist insurrections throughout the United States is is wrong. They just uh, showed their head in here and showed that they did have a little bit of political power and influence here. Uh, don't be surprised that they don't try it again very soon um, with a whole additional army of useful idiots uh, in tow. Um, that, that this, this, the problem of, of communism isn't going away anytime soon. It's, it's never going to go away in the West. It's a, it's a tempting ideology for those who are, you know, philosophically illiterate. It's tempting. It sounds great on the surface. Everybody's equal. Everybody love everybody. Just when you get down to the practice of implementing it with actual human beings, it's fucking terrible. And you know what? Communism is just who... a selling point for totalitarians. That's all it's ever been. Yeah, sure. It's, it's that's, totalitarian. That's a way to put it. Hey, yeah, you know, I mean, I truly do believe that uh, you know, uh, communism is is nothing more than a selling point for totalitarianism. Totalitarianism is what elites always want. It's what they've always wanted. It's what they will always want. So they they try to wrap a pretty bow on it. You know, what, what are you going to get? You're going to get socialism. You're going to get communism. You're going to get fascism, Nazism, imperialism. Pick one. Pick one. It doesn't matter. That's there. There's no there's there's no difference between any of them. And that's what this is. That's what this is here. Okay. Well, man, we end on, well, let's end on a sour note here. We're both saying yeah. the world's going to end. <laughs> <laughs> well, has it ever truly not been ending? <laughs> if the United States of America was your world, then it has ended. It has ended. I don't think we're there. I think we showed that we were vulnerable, but I, I, I disagree that we're there. All right. Anywho, that is going to wrap up this episode, episode four here of the Empire Nextel podcast. Uh, this will go live Tuesday, the sixteenth. Next episode will be the following Tuesday. Topic to be determined. So, uh, for Josh, I am. We'll see you all next time. Thank you.